the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along for the Tuesday edition, which actually feels like the Monday edition. But because of the heat index, we're happy that it's Tuesday because it's supposed to be cooler by Friday. You got that? Well, stick around. There's more confusion on the way for The Ride Home. Kathy, you look fabulous today. You're Thank all so you. dressed up. Well, you know, I was so hot uh, at my house. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, if it's 93 <laughs> outside, it's about 106 in my house. Nice. And um, yeah. I got, like, I, I decided, you know, it's time to go to work. I went up and put on the easiest thing I could possibly put on, like, clipped my hair up and ran out the door to my air conditioned car. Like, it was my, it was my, it was my rescue capsule from an mm-hmm. apocalyptic world. No, that's funny because I had the same response, but I did not dress like you. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> Look at me. I got on the elevator today. Yeah. And uh, th- th- uh, there was one woman in the elevator, and she said, well, you look very relaxed. <laughs> I said, No, th- that's a compliment, I'm sure. I said, thank you. Um, uh, I have no air conditioning. She was like, oh, like like I you know, had just you know, <clears throat> run the gauntlet or something. Oh. It is shocking. Oh, you poor thing. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's you know, it's fine. No, 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 no. Oh, you poor thing. And so I had to. No, it is. It, I, I, I do think it's shocking. It's fine. I was fine with it. I was fine with not having air conditioning until Saturday, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden I was like, I am just, I am so hot. Yeah. But it's okay. Let, let me ask you an important question. Okay. Let's get off of, of my environment in my house. Okay. Um, I want to hear about the thirty mile bike ride. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Friday, uh, John told us that over the weekend, he had a plan for Labor Day. He was going to go with a group of friends, right. who I know well, also. I was invited on this trip, but I decided not to go. Uh-huh. Um, because they were going to do a 30-mile bike ride. Now, here's the thing. Yeah. Now, you spent a lot of your life on a bike. I have. But when's the, last, when's the last time you were on a bike? <clears throat> yeah, that's a good point. So I was a serious biker most of my life, but <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I bet it's been... <clears throat> three years at least. Wow, since you've been on a bike? No, but three years since I have had multiple occasions on a bike. Got it. I mean, like anything, right? The more you the more you do it, the, the more comfortable it is. And, I, you know, of course, anybody can ride a bike. Right. But there's something about, you know, riding a bike great distances that your body, especially, might I add, your rear end, has to be attuned to the accoutrements. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, great soreness is descending upon you. Right. Right. And did great soreness descend upon you? Yes, it did. In mile number three. <laughs> In mile number... <clears throat> yeah. In mile number three? Pretty, pretty much. Pretty so you mu- had 27 miles of discomfort? Well, I mean, you know, I wasn't... Look, look we, uh, we traveled with a group of about, I don't know, 12 of us or so. Some people were, you know, uber champions and nary said a word. Other people... With every rotation of the pedal, mm-hmm. cried out in pain. Some people spoke in tears. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it just ran the gamut. Mm-hmm. But all things considered, it was a beautiful day. 
absolutely gorgeous day. We were on the Great Allegheny Passage. We saw the uh, the viaduct uh, up by um, where is it? Uh, I don't know. It's past Somerset. We were up in that you know that part of the trail. Just wonderful. Just a gorgeous day. Lovely day. Highly recommended. It made me, and I knew this was going to be true. Every every weekend, I think I should get on that bike. Oh yeah, just get back right. on that bike. Get on that right. bike. Get on the bike. And I haven't. Right. Then I got, you know, then I was cleaning the bikes on Saturday to prepare for this. Right. I cleaned them up. Long term you know, venture. Made them, you know, nice and pretty. And I thought, look how pretty that bike is. Why don't I get on that bike more often? And of course, when you're out there and the community and the scenery and the right, exercise, and you're loving everything about it. Love everything about it. Right. Except that at mile three, you started hurting. Mm, man, boys, I, yeah, holy, holy. Okay, seriously, by mile 30, <clears throat> were you able to walk from the bike into the house? Oh, yeah, I was fine. But, you know, <clears throat> I was happy to get off the bike. <laughs> I was happy to get on the bike. <laughs> yeah, uh, my wife, my, my, my poor wife, she had a little seat trouble, like, you know, mile three. Mm-hmm. That Mike, <clears throat> you know what it is. Again, it's one of those, let's blame it all on the kids. There was a period where my teenage sons had destroyed their bikes, and so, then they so took they their mother's bike. Right, of course. And we had had since had it repaired and put back together again from a guy who's a, a, a good you know bike mechanic. But that seat had still suffered, and so then as a result, she suffered as well. However, one member of our thirty group, miles on a bad seat <clears throat> yeah, is way no. way too many miles. I would always mock people who had those sort of like fat gel seats. I got, I have that seat. I always go, you big baby. I love my seat. Yeah, I bet you wished you had I my did. seat. <laughs> I did. You I wish saw, you would have borrowed my seat for that trip. They look like clown seats. I don't care. But I was, yeah. I don't, I don't nice. care even a little bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a great yeah. seat. Uh, it was a good it was, <laughs> But anyway, thanks for asking. Well, it, was, it was a very good trip. Congratulations. Highly recommended. Glad yeah. you made it back. Nothing on the bike. Thank you so much. Well, we're excited today because Karen Swallow Pryor, one of our favorite guests, one of our most popular guests, is premiering a brand new book. And today is the day. The publication date. Publication date. So she's in the on-deck circle. We're going to talk next about on reading well. The place that great books can have in your life. What's next? Today's Ride Home. WORD. Okay, everybody in the car. Where are we going, Daddy? On an adventure. Adventures in Odyssey. It's not just a kid's show. It's a show the whole family can enjoy. Listen on this station. Adventures in Odyssey, tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. Hey, many of you know or have worked with my friend Todd Marley at Marley Financial, and so you know that they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance because they provide both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But now, Marley's also offering the best group health plans in the nation, typical savings up to 40%. Small, medium, even large groups, Marley's got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can go to any hospital you choose. So if you want to go to Highmark or UPMC, or a Mayo Clinic or Johns Hopkins or wherever, Marley's giving you the power to choose what's best for you and also what's best for your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors, without the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions. So give Marley Financial a call now, 724-884-1496, and find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania, 724-884-1496 or online at marleyfg.com. 
RPTS, the Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Point Breeze, presents the 2018 Westminster Conference, Saturday, September 8th, at Memorial Park Church in Allison Park. Join Drs. Ligon Duncan, Joel Beakey, Michael Lefebvre, and RPTS President Barry York for this year's theme, Soundly Preaching the Word of God, preaching that is plain, faithful, wise, and zealous. The 2018 Westminster Conference, bringing the Westminster Confession into the 21st century. Register now at rpts.edu. Life doesn't stop on the weekends and neither do you. So we understand that it can be hard to find the time to shop for a mattress. This is Robin Trzinski of the Original Mattress Factory, and we have a completely new website designed to help you simplify the mattress shopping experience. Check out our products, view our prices, and even place an order for pickup, local delivery, or to have it shipped outside of our delivery area. Just visit OriginalMattress.com and find a thoughtfully made, honestly priced mattress of your own. The Original Mattress Factory. Great beds, no bull. You've committed yourself to pastoring and preaching from the Word of God. You've got to do that against the background of a collapsing culture. And then you've got to do it because of the nature of Scripture itself. Word FM presents Know the Truths, Philip DeCourcy at the 2018 Pastor Appreciation Luncheon. To preach the Bible as the handbook for life rather than as a revelation of Christ is to turn the Bible into an entirely different book. A free event for pastors, October 3rd at Heinz Field. RSVP now at wordfm.com slash pal. This is a purely conjecture, never having written a book. But I would imagine that the day that the book is finally revealed to the international and national reading public, it must feel like... Giving birth to a child. Yes, or this great weight is off your shoulder that you can share and now be part of the conversation. Karen Swallow Pryor has for years been one of our favorite guests. She has got a brand new book out. It is called On Reading. I'm sorry. It's called On Reading Well, um, Finding the Good Life Through Great Books. Karen, uh, welcome and congratulations. Thank you. This day has been so long awaited, and I am so glad to celebrate it with you guys. You're my first live interview today to celebrate the book. Yay! We're thrilled. We're absolutely, <laughs> we're absolutely thrilled. I mean, it's, it's packed full of, of discussion on great books. It's great writing on your part, and it's married with some great art. I mean, you must be really happy with the overall product now that you've seen it. I am I am so happy. I mean, the art alone is worth the price. So don't even you don't even have to worry about my words, whether they're good or not. But um, <laughs> Ned Bustard is a great artist, and we commissioned special art from him just for this book. And he did the cover. Um, it's a beautiful hardcover book. Um, and yeah, and hopefully my words are cool too. They are. Nice. They're really really great. Now, you and I have talked a lot about you know being kids who kind of I don't know kind of found our place in the world through books. Um, I think you and I share that. Our, our, our uh, mm-hmm. childhood sounds similar. Um, but you write in this book something I appreciate so much. You say it's not enough to read widely, which hopefully you and I have both tried to do. But you say we also have to read well. What does it mean to read well? Well, that is what my whole book is about. But in, in some, I really, I mean it kind of in, in two ways. One is in the most literal way, like to 
to be able to read well in order to comprehend well, to understand the words and to read slowly and carefully and attentively attentively to get the most meaning mm-hmm. out of the words, which is not how most of us are reading if we spend any time on the Internet today. Uh, but then the other way of reading well is the, the theme of the book, which is reading virtuously, reading to gain virtue from the literary works that we read. I, I chose all works of fiction, novels and short stories, but to see how virtue is lived out and extracted from these stories um, so that we ourselves can live more virtuously. And that is really the key to the good life is virtue. So Karen, what does that mean then um, for people who are uninformed or have never heard that phrase? What are the classical virtues and how did you apply those or open those up in the book? Well, the phrase, the good life, actually comes directly from Aristotle and what he wrote about ethics. Um, and the good life is actually sometimes translated as happiness, which is interesting because we tend to think of happiness today as being having success in our jobs or having material things. But Aristotle, and then later on the Church Fathers, who studied and expanded on his ideas, believed that the good life comes from good character. And so the virtues are the things that Aristotle and Aquinas and Augustine and many others identified as the qualities that mark human excellence. And the ones I write about, I, I choose 12 of them, the ones that are most um, extolled by, uh, by philosophers and theologians, and they include courage, justice, prudence, temperance, humility, kindness, patience, love, um, and a few others. They're, they're, they're qualities that we all, regardless of our place or circumstance or means, can cultivate in ourselves, and they are what really make our lives good. So, Karen, you've arranged the book so that there's an introduction where you just talk about this idea of reading well and what what reading widely and reading well can can do for us as people and what we can then do in the world, just being people who are continually changed and altered by what we've read, um, hopefully in a good way. And then you give all sorts of examples. Um, you pair a, a, a famous book, a famous work of literature with one of those classical virtues. And so for people who haven't seen the book yet and are trying to kind of figure out how it works, um, it's a really easy book to pick up and read a little bit of. It's not the kind of book that you have to sit down and read it all in one sitting because you can sit down and read the chapter on hope or you can sit down and read the chapter on courage that's married with perhaps one of your favorite books and it can really bring the idea of that virtue alive. Now, Karen, I remember the very first time we met you, you had written booked Literature and the Soul of Me and that book talked about how the books that you read as a kid changed you as a person. So talk about where you got the idea for marrying a particular book with a particular virtue? Well, of course, I wanted to write another book about books, as I did in Booked, um, but because that book focused on my own life and spiritual journey, and I you know, only have one of those, one life, um, <laughs> you know, I couldn't do that again, and so um, I wasn't really sure what the, how I would arrange and what the theme would be that would tie these together, but my editor, I mean, yay editors, <laughs> um, he suggested to me that I focus somehow on the practice of reading and, mm. and practicing what we learn from it. And so then I stumbled across the idea of virtue, something I think we've all heard of these virtues, but we've, you know, we've really lost what they even mean. And so I just started to research them and fell down this 
wonderful research hole um, because I wanted to learn myself what really, what courage really consists of, what temperance really is, and what diligence means. And so I, I researched these virtues, and then I chose works of literature that I love that I thought um, exemplified them, or oftentimes, sometimes in a negative example, but that that provide good studies of what these virtues really mean when they are lived out or when we fail to live them out. I see. Karen Swallow Pryor is with us. The release of a brand new book, it, it starts today, on reading well, finding the good life through great books. So, Karen, let's take a book I think that most of us um, have read, probably um, as a school assignment for a lot of people or just because we love the story. When you talk about virtues, talk about um, the virtue of courage um, and Huckleberry Finn. How do those? How does that courage intersect in that story and the lesson you learn from that to tell us about that? Yeah, well, it was so interesting to learn about courage itself because I think we, we use that word to describe a lot of different things. We think if someone does something really bold or brazen or, you know, someone's outspoken, we just immediately call that courage. But what Aristotle and other philosophers said about courage is it's not just boldness, it actually has to preserve some good. So just doing something that requires a lot of guts does not mean it's courageous. It actually has to be something that also preserves good. Mm-hmm. And so in Huckleberry Finn, we see this young, you know, we I think most of us know the story, this poor young kid who's ha- harassed by his father and by his, his guardian and runs away and ends up uh, being uh, taken care of by a runaway slave. Um, and the work is satirical because uh, Twain is actually examining and questioning the racist values of his society and of a slaveholding society, and Huck just reflects those. And so Huck thinks he ends up being courageous by not turning the runaway slave in, but of course he's kind of all messed up. He thinks he's doing something wrong when he's doing it right, and he is a picture of virtue, a virtuous courage, but I show in the book that it's actually the runaway slave, Jim, who most exemplifies the virtue of courage because he correctly believes, he, he know when he has to, to protect Tom Sawyer, whose foolishness got them into even more trouble, um, he risks his own freedom. He risks being discovered um, by the people who want to uh, steal him back in order to protect this young boy. And he takes that risk anyway because he knows that it is good to try to save this boy rather than preserve his own freedom. And so um, in a very moving and powerful way, the runaway slave presents the most virtuous picture of courage in the story. Wonderful. Karen, um, I grew up in a reformed denomination. And, you know, when I think about the the books that I was told to read or directed to read from church or from people there, um, it was all about books that would tell me what to think. And it wasn't until I was out of college, even, where I started to realize that my reading needed to stop being about what to think. It needed to be about how to think. And you'd think that I would have gotten that in high school or I would have picked that up in college. But, you know, we all come to different realizations at different times in life. But I think I realized that I had spent a lot of time trying to figure out what the right answers were without Mm -hmm. just reading books that would just open my mind, you know, that C.S. Lewis quote that you included in the book, which is, don't you, this is a paraphrase, don't use books, receive books. And I'd spent yeah. a lot of my life, the first 20 years of my life, just using them. 
Well, I think Christians especially are prone to yeah, this I do kind too. of error because, you know, we yeah, we, we, we have the answer. We know the ultimate answer is in Christ, and we have a lot of the other answers that go along with it. But we kind of forget that you know, we still live in a world uh, where there are a lot of, of, of things that are not easily answered. And so that's why I think Christians also underappreciate fiction and poetry, because that's exactly what they do. What what makes literary art different from other kinds of, you know, beach reads or informational texts is that they, don't, they, they do not give us the answers. A work that gives us the answers is not a literary work. What they do is they recreate experience in all its complexity and ambivalence, and they take us along the ride. And so we are actually being trained in how to think as we interpret and analyze mm-hmm. and assess and evaluate as we read. All right. So that brings me to Cormac McCarthy. One of your books or one of your chapters in the book um, is on hope and it's on the road, which is one of the most gorgeous spectacularly sad, bleak, wonderful, where I just love that book. I just, I was so happy to see that you included it. Now, people who, who are listening to this and perhaps they've read The Road, they think, well, what is what is Kathy Ammons doing? I mean, there's not, it's a godless book. It's a hopeless book. It's a dark book. Why could she find anything glorious about it? Um, so, Karen, first off, why did you include The Road in this list? Well, you know, I, I have to admit that you know, I was sometimes I was choosing, you know, I wanted to write about these virtues and I had to choose a book. But in other cases, I want I wanted to write about a certain book. And so I had to find a virtue that fit it. Uh, that's how part of this process went. And I love the road. And I want to also I want to say to people who maybe haven't read it, read it. You can also the film version. The adaptation is wonderful. And also the audible version, the narrator of that story is just amazing. Mm-hmm. So I recommend any of those ways, even though they're all different experiences. Um, it is a story that takes place in a post-apocalyptic world where almost everything is gone and most human beings included and there are cannibals and all kinds of dangers. So, But the story centers on this man who's unnamed and his son and their journey toward the sea and to life. And it is filled with hope, with hope trying not to give too many spoilers, because of all that the man does in order to preserve this boy's life and how, in the end, he succeeds. And it's because he exemplifies virtuous hope, Mm -hmm. which is defined as regarding something good in the future that is difficult but possible to obtain. And the setting in the story couldn't match that definition any better. How about the portion of the book where um, the boy asks his dad, what's the bravest thing you ever did? (gasps) He says, and I'm paraphrasing here, he says, get up this morning. You know, and you don't have to live in that kind of a, you know, dramatic world. To get that. You know, to get that right. Right. Because sometimes that is the bravest thing we can do or the most hopeful thing we can do. Karen Swallow Pryor is with us. Her brand new book has uh, hit stores today on reading well, finding the good life through great books. So, Karen, people uh, are listening to the conversation, especially you and Kathy, go through this. And, you know, they're hearing a a lot of books, uh, whether it's The Road or Huck Finn or The Great Gatsby or Tale of Two Cities or Silence. Many, many different books and stories you've covered in, in your book. And my guess is a lot of people are um, um, turned off because they may feel intimidated or the conversation uh, and the work is a little too erudite. 
But the fact of the matter is, this is something that you don't have to be afraid of. And there's great wealth and depth uh, that would be life-changing in many ways if you were so inclined. But we as a society somehow, we've lost mm-hmm. that, that drive over these last uh, several decades, haven't we? Yes, we have, and that's exactly why I wrote this book. I mean, I teach English literature. I'm a professor, but I teach students who also, you know, don't necessarily know how to read these things. And to be honest with you, you know, it doesn't come naturally to me either. So I feel like that's part of what makes me a good teacher is I have had to struggle to really understand and appreciate literature. And so I, you know, I, I am hoping both to instruct people in how to read literature better and read it well and also to model it for them so you don't even have to have read these works of literature or even afterwards you don't need to read them i'm just hopefully modeling it so that you can pick up the Mm -hmm. books that you know the great works of literature you're interested in that you want to understand better and apply some of these same skills because reading is just like any other skill the more you do it well the better you get at it. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is so true. And sometimes it's tough, but it can be worth it if you push through it. Always. And of course, always if you do it with a good teacher. Now, there are several books in this list that I have never read. Um, and so I was really happy. And, and I did read those chapters and I feel like I gained something like I've never read uh, Silence. And but I but I read the chapter and I thought, OK, that reading your chapter made me want to read the mm-hmm. book. Um, and so if people, Yay. yeah, so if people are looking at this and they're thinking, but I never read Huck Finn or I never read The Road. It doesn't matter. You, if you read the chapter, you might right. want to read The yeah. Road. Um, and, right. and, 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 and you'll still gain something even if you don't want to read it. Right. Um, that I wrote it, I wrote it for people who know and love these works and I wrote it for people who, who haven't read them too. Yeah. Okay. So let me go back to something that you talk about in this book that you talked about in your first book as well, which is just that, um, that reading fiction, changes us as people. So it makes us, there are all sorts of studies done that people that read literature end up being more compassionate people or more understanding people. And it's not because people who read literature are better people. It's just that they end up because of their reading, they're inhabiting somebody else's worldview just by virtue of being immersed in a story. Um, so talk about that. Talk about the if people are, like John said, intimidated by literature, like there's a great thing to be gained by putting yourself in those stories. Exactly. I mean, I, again, I think I think our mindset today is that we read something in order to get information and get the answer. And so we're uncomfortable when we don't know what we're supposed to think. But that is exactly what literature is asking us to do. We get introduced to a character that we think, oh, hey, this guy's great. And then we read along. We're like, wait a minute, that's not so good. How am I supposed to feel about this? Well, that's exactly the kind of thinking we're supposed to go through as we read literature. And because that's exactly the kind of thinking when we meet a person in real life. We, we, you know, we might think at first that they're great, and then we're not so sure, and then we find out, oh, they're a complex mix of, of black and white and gray, just like me. Um, that's what literary fiction does, is it recreates really what, what life is like um, mm-hmm. by using uh, words as an art form. And, um, and so we don't read because literature because it informs us but we read because it it forms us Uh, literary characters have a lot to teach us about our own character interesting i was with my sister and and brother-in-law this summer and my brother-in-law is um he he just reads nonstop, and so he gave me a book a few months ago called short nights of the shadow catcher which is about Mm -hmm. um edward curtis 
who was a photographer in Seattle who photographed American Indians as the Indians were disappearing. It's a fabulous read. And so I said to him, oh, you know, we were talking about the book. And I said to him, just off the cuff, uh, are you reading any fiction? And my brother-in-law, in an offhand way, said, no, I don't read fiction anymore. There's too many fat, fascinating things about oh. real life. Oh, see, that's such a mistake. And I, I, it kind of like stung me. I was like, oh, really? Well, you know, and then we kind of had that conversation. W- what's your response, Karen? Well, my response is I'm full, I'm full of real life every day. <laughs> I need more fiction. No. Um, I mean, I, I, again, I think this is the mistake that many people make is that it, you know, what fiction does is it's not, it shines a light alongside real life so that we can see real life more clearly mm-hmm. and better than we would have mm-hmm. before. It's not real life, but it illuminates real life. Karen, how about that gorgeous Martha Nussbaum quote you put in the book? And let me read just a couple lines of it. We have never lived enough. Our experience is without fiction, too confined, too parochial. Literature extends it, making us reflect and feel about what might otherwise be too distant for feeling. I mean, it's just such a gorgeous quote. That's exactly what it is, right? Is that we need fiction because we need we need a bigger life than the one we're currently living. Exactly. I mean, we can we can travel so many places. We can inhabit so many different kinds of experiences and see the world through so many different eyes when we read fiction. Um, it, it expands and, and enlarges reality. It doesn't diminish it. Karen, congratulations. We, we love the book. It's we just sure do. wonderful. I mean, we love you too, but really, I mean, you've just done a great job on this. You must feel great today. I do feel great today. I've been teaching all day, so I'm doing my favorite thing and and, uh, talking to people like you in between. And so it's been rich and full. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm living my best life right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, fabulous. Well, thanks an awful lot. Listen, it's a it's a terrific book. It It really really is. is. All the details about it are available right now. So find us on Twitter or on Facebook. You also find our website, johnandkathyshow.com. On reading well. This is a special notice to all U.S. taxpayers. If you owe the IRS or state back taxes and cannot afford to pay them back, there's good news. Due to the financial hardship many are facing in today's economy, the IRS has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative. Qualifying for this program will resolve your tax problem, end all collections, and possibly reduce your back taxes by up to 90%. If you are facing wage garnishments, liens, bank levies, audits, or payroll taxes, it's not too late. Your circumstances may qualify you for this special program, protecting your savings and your assets. If you owe the IRS or state back taxes and cannot afford to pay them back, there's no need to worry anymore. Call the hotline at Victory Tax Solutions to see if you qualify and potentially save thousands. For this free information, call 800-813-1105. 800-813-1105. That's 800-813-1105. Does your pillow come with a 60-day money-back guarantee? How about a 10-year warranty? Can you wash it, dry it, and never have it lose its shape? Can you sleep any way you like on it and still get the support that you need for the most refreshing sleep of your life? If you said no to any of these questions, then you don't have my pillow. Hey, this is John Hall, and my pillow is better than your pillow. Unless, of course, you have my pillow, in which case you already know it's the most comfortable pillow you've ever owned. 
If you haven't tried MyPillow yet, now's the time. Because right now, MyPillow is offering 50% off the four-pack special, which includes two premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. Just call 1-800-961-9207 and mention the promo code WORD to start enjoying the best sleep of your life. Or type it in when you visit MyPillow.com. Call 1-800-961-9207 or visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code WORD. RPTS, the Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Point Breeze, presents the 2018 Westminster Conference, Saturday, September 8th, at Memorial Park Church in Allison Park. Join Drs. Ligon Duncan, Joel Beakey, Michael Lefebvre, and RPTS President Barry York for this year's theme, Soundly Preaching the Word of God, preaching that is plain, faithful, wise, and zealous. The 2018 Westminster Conference, bringing the Westminster Confession into the 21st century. Register now at rpts.edu. Outsmart sick on your schedule with warm, welcoming care from MedExpress. With everything from strep tests to flu shots, treatment for fevers, viruses, and more. MedExpress is here to help you get your household back to normal sooner. For some of you in the laurels, tonight starts out with a shower or thunderstorm, but otherwise it'll be warm and muggy with patchy clouds. Low 71, watch for patchy fog late tonight and early tomorrow. Otherwise, tomorrow's going to be another hot, humid day with some sunshine and a high of 93. Heat index will peak in the upper 90s. Patchy clouds low against 71 tomorrow night. The Thursday won't be as hot with a mix of clouds and sun and an afternoon thunderstorm. High 84. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. Japan is known for its abundance of sanitarians. Centenarians. Centenarians. Yeah, people who are 100 years or older. Yes. Mm-hmm. They can now, Japan can now lay claim to having the world's oldest living married couple. Oh. With a combined age of this couple of, get this, 208 years. <gasps> a feat that the wife credits to her patience during 80 years of marriage. Massimo Matasoto, 108 years old, and his 100-year-old wife, Miyoko, have been confirmed as the oldest living spouses by the Guinness Book of World Records. She said, I am so glad. It's thanks to my patience, really, said Miyako <laughs> with a laugh, <laughs> posing with Maso and other family members. I am so grateful that it brings me to tears. The couple never managed to have a wedding as Japan was heading into war and her husband was sent to be a soldier, but that was no obstacle to having a big family, including, get this, a 25th great-grandchild who was born last month. Fifty-five? Fifty-five? What? No, the 25th great-grandchild. Oh, I thought you said the 25th 25th great-grandchild. They've been married since 1937. Does it say how many children they had? No, it doesn't. Just their great-grandchildren. They've ended the last chapter of their life. It was an honor for them to receive this award. Japan has among the longest life expectancies of the world, with data from Japan's health ministry showing they rank number two on average at around 84, a smidgen behind the people from Hong Kong. How about that? Do you think it's the sushi? Maybe it has something to do with it. They certainly eat, well, you know, the traditional Japanese certainly would eat a healthier lifestyle, uh, a healthier diet than most Americans. Than I would. Right? A lot of fish, a lot of yeah, vegetables. Mm-hmm. Right. And not a whole heck of a lot of meat, right? A lot of fish, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine being married 80 years. 
I mean, that's shocking. 80 years. That's just abs. My question about their children is, you know, I know that Japanese families are usually small, right. oftentimes with one child. So I wondered how they got to 25 great-grandchildren. I wonder if they had, you know, since they've been married for so long, maybe at one point in Japanese history, you know, families had a lot of children. Yeah. I well, mean, they're very old. So, I mean, yeah. they were having children 80 years ago. Well, post what post war, right? Seventy years ago, you think that Japan was decimated by World War II, of course. So, people probably had large families. I'm looking, you know, the, you know, in the United States, large families were pretty common. Maybe that's it was the same for Japan post World War II. Just saying, it's amazing. A hundred, two hundred eight years well, combined congrats, age. Congratulations to them. Yeah, the patience of the wife. Knock that's so, so often the case, I believe. Do you think that's what it is? Uh, at least in our house, it is. I think it's the patience of the husband in my house. <laughs> Uh, stick around. We got lots more heads to the ride home. Uh, talking about celebrities next. I don't know. I can't wait. Yeah. Stop everything you're doing right now and ask yourself Are you currently receiving steady paychecks? What about when you're retired? Will you receive a monthly check to cover your expenses and also have some fun? Kurt Kenotic at Accurate Solutions Group calls this mailbox money. It's the monthly check you'll receive throughout retirement. Kurt wants to help remove stress from your retirement. He doesn't want you to worry about if the money will show up or how much money you'll receive. The only thing Kurt wants you to think about is how to spend it when it arrives. Find out how to get enough money in your mailbox every month when you're retired. Call Kurt Kenotic and the team at Accurate Solutions Group at 412-515-3555 for a complimentary retirement analysis with strategies that could help your nest egg provide you monthly income you'll need in retirement. Call right now, 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC, and Accurate Investment Solutions, Inc. My name is Marla, and I am a teacher in a local public school system. My husband and I heard about brain balance. We were a bit skeptical, of course, but we didn't know what to do. When we went to Brain Balance, they got it. They listened to us from day one. They were asking me questions that our medical provider was not asking us. And this is going to get us somewhere in one place instead of I'm going to have to run to 15 different spots. About four weeks into the Brain Balance program, my kid could sit on the couch and just breathe. The teachers immediately started noticing that our kids were calmer. As a teacher and a mom, I would say this is one of the most amazing programs I have seen for children. Our lives right now have dramatically changed because of brain balance. My kids, in their own individual ways, received the help that they needed that moved them to a place of balance and harmony. Give your child the foundation they need to succeed in school. Call Brain Balance today and find out how you can change the life of your child and your family. For more information, visit brainbalance.com. Life doesn't stop on the weekends and neither do you. So we understand that it can be hard to find the time to shop for a mattress. This is Robin Trzinski of the Original Mattress Factory, and we have a completely new website designed to help you simplify the mattress shopping experience. Check out our products, view our prices, and even place an order for pickup, local delivery, or to have it shipped outside of our delivery area. Just visit OriginalMattress.com and find a thoughtfully made, honestly priced mattress of your own. The Original Mattress Factory. Great beds, no bull. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy & Hagerman. Estate administration isn't something we do on the side. It's the heart and soul of our practice. Any attorney can write a will, but we have the experience to administer your estate plan properly to achieve the goals we all share, to protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones you love. How you get there is specific to your situation. So let's talk. 
Abernethy and Hagerman. Legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Last week here at the studio, work ground to a halt for a particular subset of the men who were deeply emotionally invested in their NFL mock draft. Mm-hmm. I don't get it, mm-hmm. but they should dig it. Mm-hmm. I can't. There's no way. I just I can't do fantasy sports. Yeah, do you fantasy know why? Sport, home. Because actual sports are exciting. I don't think I need something to make actual sports more exciting. I think that they just are exciting. Or to uh, what? I, now I've got to worry about two other Who wants uh, to another do that? set of people that I'm you know invested I can't do in. That. It's no, too much. For me not to bear absolutely with, yeah. not. But you know what? <laughs> Crack me up. Hmm. Did you see John Christ with his celebrity pastor fantasy draft? <laughs> Mike, did you see that? No. Oh yeah. <laughs> The celebrity pastor draft? You'll cry. You'll cry. So it's like it's a mock draft. It's a fantasy draft, you know, with him in the room with a bunch of guys. It's posted on our Facebook page, by the way, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. And John Christ is at the front. And just like, you know, a fantasy draft, he has all the players up on the wall, except they're all celebrity pastors. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> and he and his three friends pick teams. Like, who's going to get them the most points? Because you get, you get a certain number of points for having a certain number of uh, views on YouTube. You get a certain number of points for um, you, the tie them out that you bring in on a weekly basis. You get, I mean, it's just absolutely hilarious. Oh but gosh. of course, it's also making a good point. With why is it? What are we so weird about that? Like, we not only do we like Hollywood celebrities, but it, in the Christian subculture, we're making pastors into celebrities, big time celebrities. Yeah. Well, uh, we're happy to welcome back to the show uh, a regular guest who's with us, Amy Simpson. She is the acquisitions editor for Moody Publishing, author, speaker, leadership coach who helps people get it clear on their calling and fully engaged in life with a guiding purpose. Amy also blogs, and we follow her uh, right along. She's written a piece about the Christian celebrity culture. Uh, Amy, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on again. Always good to have you. Have you seen the Celebrity Pastor Fantasy Draft yet? I have actually, yeah. My uh, family and I like to like John Chris video. Oh my gosh, it's hilarious! But seriously, aren't we weird? I mean, Amy, we are so weird. So this is what we do. I mean, not only do we have to like read Us Weekly or People dot com or whatever it is because we have to find out the Hollywood thing. But in the Christian subculture, we have to do the same thing with pastors. What what is that about? Yeah, it is pretty weird. It seems like it's you know something in human nature that likes, I guess, likes to believe that there are people among us who are you know, worthy of being up on a pedestal or um, somehow better than the rest of us. You know, I think it's, I, honestly, I think there's a part, it's at least partly part of ourselves that was that was made to worship. Right. You know, that was made to worship God and yet is often tempted to worship our fellow human beings. Well, right? any, anybody who lifts up celebrity pastors, all you got to do is look at the wreckage of the Catholic Church and know mm-hmm. something's deeply amiss. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the the funny thing is this, this blog post I wrote that I on this topic, um, I actually wrote it three years ago, and and I went back and looked at it and thought, wow, that, I could have written this today, you know, because this is sadly it's becoming a perennial topic, the idea of not only pastoral celebrity but also um, pastoral falls from great, you know, high profile falls, moral failings or falls from from public grace, um, and you know that itself points to something deeply wrong here right so so trace the kind of the evolution of how that works it seems to me that it you know it starts with 
uh, a pastor who's got, you know, a thriving church in some kind of locality, and then he becomes kind of an internet sensation. And then what happens next? Yeah, so maybe it's there's he becomes an internet sensation or writes a book or, um, you know, just attracts a, a following, you know, at the, at the church that becomes, you know, the people can't help but pay attention to because so many people are going to that church. Um, you know, so somehow there's usually some kind of media that gets out there and people begin to pay attention and to, you know, to assume that this pastor is, is a person to be emulated, even if we don't know that. You know, we don't actually know. Maybe there's um, there are, are reasons that people are going to that church that may not have anything to do with the you know the lifestyle or the inner heart condition of that pastor. And sometimes the the pastor is actually not um, not ready for that kind of of attention. And you know, really, when we when we elevate someone to the level of celebrity, I'm not sure anybody is really equipped to handle that no. in a healthy way. You know, we're not really made for that. So we end up putting people up on a pedestal and, and putting them in a position where they're, they're regularly having to um, sort of, you know, be in the public eye and be admired by people who don't even know them. Mm. And it's a lot to live up to. You know, yeah. it's a lot to try to maintain. It's, and it's, a, in my opinion, it, you know, it's a recipe for all kinds of, of unhealthy things, um, including hypocrisy and, you know, hiding and the effort to keep up appearances, which always takes a toll on So, Amy, in your piece, you write that in many ways, you and Kathy and myself and, you know, the, the regular people, the normal people, we are in some way complicit with elevating these celebrity pastors, mm-hmm. that we've got a role in this dysfunctionality. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think that's an uncomfortable thought for all of us because we, you know, just like we like to think there are people who are, who are, you know, better or are above the rest of us. We also like to think when we see someone fall, you know, that they're that we're they're not they're still not like the rest of us. <laughs> you know, that they that has nothing to do with us. And and there's you know what a shame that person you know wasn't who we thought they were. But but really. Um, we need to examine ourselves here and examine our broader culture, but individually how we contribute to that culture of celebrity. When we, you know, make celebrities of people who, you know, anybody, but including pastors, just because they have a big church, you know, they have a charming or charismatic personality, or, you know, somehow they have an image that we like, um, maybe even they have a, a book that we've really appreciated, or uh, you know, a series of videos or, or interviews or something like that, you know, when we, when we make that person into not just someone to be appreciated and admired, but really at that celebrity level, we all contribute to putting them in that position mm-hmm. where ultimately it becomes unsustainable. Right. You know, it's funny you bring this up because, you know, as people join us for like, you know, the first time. So Kath and I talk to about, you know, a thousand guests a year on the air. And so people will join us and we think, well, you know, if, uh, if we want to have them back, we'll write, you know, write a little note about them. And so we'll sort of go back and look at these from time to time. And Kath is the keeper of these things. And when Bill Hybels joined us years and years ago, she wrote something to the effect of, you know, how genuine he was, how transparent he was, and not what we expected at all. Which, you know, kind of when we go back and now you look at what's happened with Willow Creek and Bill Hybels and all that. 
you know, um, well, we're just having a conversation on the air mm-hmm. with someone. And, you know, it's, it's surfacy is all get out in many ways because we don't know the people and they don't know us. And so, you know, we're just doing due, due diligence and trying to, you know, delve into something that's of, of interest. But it just goes to show you, you know, I mean, how deeply toxic. And and what the celebrity culture is? Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's okay. But it just made me think as you were talking that knowing what we've seen, at, you know, the information that's come out at Willow Creek, it also doesn't mean that Bill Hybels was not authentic. And a great when preacher. He was, and a, when he was on the air with us. Because I, I really believe he was. Oh, yeah. It's just that so much of it is now tangled up in, in enormous productions. And this same type of thing, Amy, we're seeing in the Catholic Church, like John brought up, is we're seeing this type of, we have to protect the institution. Whatever it is, like, it's going to be bad for the church, and so we can't let anybody know about it. Be quiet. It's just it's a kiss of death. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the, the institution becomes so intertwined with that person. And, and first of all, you know, protecting the institution is almost never a, a good idea <laughs> in long term. You know, that's usually going to backfire. Um, but also, um, when, the, when the institution itself becomes so intertwined with that one person, and, you know, we believe that, you know, looking back, for example, on when our um, economy was in serious trouble several years ago, and we thought, we have to protect these banks. You know these few banks because without them, you know the whole thing is is on very shaky ground. We might even have sectors of our economy that collapse. You know we can think the same way about people. So if we don't protect and preserve the image of this one person, the whole thing's going to fall apart. And when you start thinking that way about the church, you know whose foundation is absolutely not built on any of us. <laughs> Um, you know, it's built on our. The foundation is built on Christ Himself, and and we are Christ's body. When we start thinking that that any one person or even the collection of us is the foundation of the church, and you pull one person out, and the whole thing's going to collapse. I think that exposes um, some some rot in yeah. our thinking and and in our. <laughs> themselves. I just think it shows, you know, how black our hearts are, Mm -hmm. that we take something that is so absolutely beautiful, you know, Christ's message of love and grace, and we turn it into something that's dark and weird and twisted and Mm -hmm. becomes so far away from from the core message of it all. I just... I don't know. I mean, when, you know, when I see some people like, you know, like the, you, you gather with the Quakers or the friends and, you know, there's really sort of nobody in charge and they're all speaking from the heart. That kind of appeals to me in some way. Yeah, I actually I'm with you on that. And and not to the point where I've, I've actually, you know, it, I've never been to a friend's meeting, actually. Um, but there and, and I'm pretty sure that if I. That if I did, you know, and I really dug into that, I would find some kind of, you know, we would find evidence of sin there as well. <laughs> I'm sure, You know, yes. in some way that that doesn't hold up. But but I, I agree with you because I get so tired of this, you know, this celebrity culture and this idea that people in ministry, particularly pastors, just, you know, have to be on this kind of pedestal. You know, I grew, my dad was a pastor for 10 years when I was growing up, and so I grew up in a pastor's family. And felt this to some degree. Now, in a totally different setting, to a totally different degree, you know, my dad was no celebrity. Um, we're talking about small churches, you know, but but in a, in a sense, you know, you, you are in a pastor's family even, and, and the entire community expects you to be better than them somehow, mm-hmm. and you have to live up to that. That's so, and that people experience that to different degrees, but often that's that's 
why pastors' kids struggle often struggle so much mm-hmm. because that experience puts a ton of pressure on them um, and and can send some really um, twisted messages to them about what it means to be in the church. Yes. So yeah, I think this is just something you know we really need to figure out what it means to be the priesthood of believers, what it means to be the body of Christ um, without this you know this kind of of tempting, tempting sickness. Yeah, that that elevates some people to a celebrity status. Of course, it doesn't mean that we can't, you know, learn from people who've, you know, had some kind of insight or um, done a lot more study than we have. You know, it doesn't mean that we can't admire the accomplishments or the the faith of each other. Um, you know, I think that's different. But it, it's a matter, I think, of keeping it with in proportion and and keeping it at a level where we're still able to recognize that that person is fully human and is just as sinful as me and struggles with the same things I do, you know, and, and does we, we don't expect them to be somehow on a different plane than we are. Yes, that's good. Amy Simpson, really nice. Celebrity Christian culture makes us all a bit complicit. Amy is the author of Blessed Are the Unsatisfied, Finding Spiritual Freedom in an Imperfect World. Amy Simpson. How much do you spend on your pest control each year? 200 300 or even $500 or more? What if I said you could spend less than $25 a year, even less with promo code RADIO20? Then listen up. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug In Pest Free, and yes, it is possible to rid your home or business of unwanted pests for less than $25 per year. The answer is Plug In Pest Free. Our best seller, the Plug In Pest Free Pro, will cover up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair income. For just a one-time cost of only $249, even less with promo code RADIO20, you'll be pest-free for years to come. Log on to gopestfree.com today. Use promo code RADIO20 and start driving those pests away. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. Gopestfree.com. That's gopestfree.com. Promo code Radio 20. The following is a true story. My name is David Bryant. When I was 37, my wife and I decided to get term life insurance through SelectQuote. Just three years later, I was diagnosed with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Because of life insurance, the people I love most in this world will be protected no matter what happens to me. I know that the dreams I have for my family can still come true. Financial security, to stay in the home we became a family in, and for our children to be able to go to college. I reached out to SelectQuote because I wanted to share my story. If just one person purchases life insurance, I know I will have made a difference. SelectQuote can find a 37-year-old male a $500,000 policy for under a dollar a day. If there are people you care about, you need life insurance. It may be the single most important financial decision of your life. Don't put off protecting your family. Get your free quote now. Call 800 That's 800-671-7070. 800-671-7070. Or go to selectquote.com. This is a paid endorsement. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Not available in all states. If you're following along on social media, Facebook and Twitter and whatnot, people are burning their Nike products. Oh, yeah. Holy smokes. I'm going to burn mine. Should we do it? All three of us do it together. I don't think I. Own, I don't think I own any. Yes, oh yes, you, I do. That's right. I do. For sure, do. That's right. I do. I have a family member who uh, is a designer for Nike. In a case, I wish I had a family member who was a designer for Nike. Yeah, yeah. He'll send me stuff. I wish and he I, sent me stuff. I, I quite honestly, I could care less. Oh no, you know I that? care. 
One time I, he sent me these uh, nice pair of tennis shoes. They're multicolored yeah, tennis shoes. Yeah, I love shoes. those. And I was at, at the bank machine. It was like literally I had had these things on for 15 minutes. And this guy walked up and goes, dude, are those blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I have no idea. You know, no. So, you know, that whole subculture. Sub- yeah, around tennis shoes and apparel and, you know, that multi-billion dollar Phil Knight empire that's built. And now, of course, with the NFL and with Colin Kaepernick and that brouhaha, we're, we're about to enter. Is opening day Sunday? Opening yeah. Steelers? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Here Does it start we on go. Thursday night? Oh, Thursday night's opening night? Yeah, probably Thursday. All right. Oh, my Look, goodness Look, I can't... Are, are you, if you want to boycott Nike, knock yourself out. Want to boycott the NFL? Knock yourself out. Yep. Yeah. We're going to talk I'm, about that during the break. Or not during the break. I just can't keep up with all the boycotts. All right. I just can't. Are you watching the game? On Sunday? Yeah. Yeah, I will, but not because of Le'Veon Bell. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. His intellect is unquestioned. His judgment is highly regarded. And I can personally attest to his character and integrity as a colleague. Brett Kavanaugh will thoroughly and faithfully uphold the trust that is our heritage. The Constitution of the United States of America. Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice introducing Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh to the Senate Judiciary Committee after a stormy morning of accusations and demonstrations. Then Kavanaugh himself spoke. For 12 years, I've been a judge on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit. I have written more than 300 opinions and handled more than 2,000 cases. I have given it my all in every case. I am proud of that body of work, and I stand behind it. On Wall Street, the Dow down by 12 points, the Nasdaq dropped 18. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for 100 years. You think you're getting a price hold, but really you're signing up for Windows. And if you don't cancel within three days, you're obligated to that contract. Energy Swing Windows Donnie Dara on the length some companies will go to get your business. What some salesmen from national companies are doing is they're getting homeowners to sign something that says they're going to hold your price for 30 days. But what they're really signing is a contract that says you only have three days to cancel. And they don't tell you that. It's a trick. And people are really getting ripped off by this. We don't pressure people at Energy Swing. There's not fine print at all. What you see is what you get. That's why we won the Better Business Bureau Torch Award three years in a row. That's why we just, in in Western Pennsylvania, won the best of the best on our website. There's actually a video that shows why we were voted as that. When you do the right things right, you're recognized for that. Energy Swing, best of the best. Right now, Word FM listeners get an exclusive 5% off over and above any current offers on windows and doors. Visit EnergySwingWindows.com. Oh, my papa, to me you are so wonderful. Oh, my papa, to me you are so good. Does that song bring back memories of days gone by and sage folks in our lives? Hi, this is Marcia from the Springhouse, and we love remembering the olden days. We also love honoring these dear folks in our lives at the upcoming Grandparents' Day ham and turkey dinner at the Springhouse. It's the second Sunday in September, and we'll be featuring our own hickory smoked ham, roast turkey, 
real mashed potatoes and all the fixins'. Plus, live music by Mr. and Mrs. Banjo. In our family, my mom and dad are so great at making each of their 19 grandchildren feel like the favorite. Do you know some special folks like that that you'd love to honor? Bring them to the Springhouse Country Store and Dairy Farm for good old-fashioned eating. Check out springhousemarket.com for more details or give us a call at 724-228-3339. Looking forward to seeing you at the Springhouse at 84 PA. Hi, everybody. This is Craig Wolfley from my friends at J&D Waterproofing. For every waterproofing or foundation repair, a portion of the proceeds go to the Light of Life Rescue Mission or the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Hello, this is Ralph Sindrich. I'm proud to be a part of this program and such a fine service to be offered to the community. For every job commitment, I'll provide a signed copy of my book, NFL Brawl. Call for a free estimate at 1-800-VERY-DRY. That's 1-800-VERY-DRY. Or visit us on the web at jdwaterproofing.com. RPTS, the Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Point Breeze, presents the 2018 Westminster Conference, Saturday, September 8th, at Memorial Park Church in Allison Park. Join Drs. Ligon Duncan, Joel Beakey, Michael Lefebvre, and RPTS President Barry York for this year's theme, Soundly Preaching the Word of God, preaching that is plain, faithful, wise, and zealous. The 2018 Westminster Conference, bringing the Westminster Confession into the 21st century. Register now at rpts.edu. For some of you in the laurels, tonight starts out with a shower or thunderstorm, but otherwise it'll be warm and muggy with patchy clouds. Low 71, watch for patchy fog late tonight and early tomorrow. Otherwise, tomorrow's going to be another hot, humid day with some sunshine and a high of 93. Heat index will peak in the upper 90s. Patchy clouds low again 71 tomorrow night. The Thursday won't be as hot with a mix of clouds and sun and an afternoon thunderstorm. High 84. I'm AccuWeather Media Publicist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome. The Tuesday edition, which feels like the Monday edition what, on The Ride Home. What, how hot is it out there, Mike? Super hot. It's so hot. Man. It's, it's really hot. extra hot. Well, it's like smokes. 93, and it's going to I'm guessing 93. Oh, man, oh, man feels like 106 in my house i'll yeah. tell you right now uh-huh, and tomorrow yeah. it's going to be 106 again oh my gosh and, and thursday as well no then... thursday is going to be cooler it is oh I, yeah thursday's gonna no, thursday's the high is only 83 oh well then we I could... mean, not that i'm tracking this with every fiber of my being <laughs> but it's just really hot in my house i had to laugh today mine too uh, i got a thing from the new york times today where they um if you put in um, your birth date and the city that you live in it will tell you how your how hot your city has gone uh, grown over the last 60 plus years and they do this with the well, certainty you mean as far as like global warming exactly yeah. i thought we were in climate change because there was some cooling yeah. going on no no, no they do no, that. now we're it's all hot again yeah so I, I did it for pittsburgh and apparently um anywhere between <laughs> between nine days and 44 days are expected in the next 40 years of 90 degree days or more more so than what's happened in the past Anywhere between nine and forty-four days of ninety-degree days as you, the temperature. Are you, are you saying that I need to start saving up for air conditioning? I think it's probably about time. It's about time, Kath, to invest in it. Okay. Right. So last week we had two um, particular oh. cultural moments. They we had a bookend. Didn't we had a we? fascinating two full days. We really did. One day was Aretha Franklin's funeral, and the next, well, a few days later was John McCain's funeral. Yeah. 
And if you ever wanted to see America as America is, that is really essentially the bookend of those two days. It really is. So you could look at everything from how people dressed to what was included to how people walked to how it was carried out to i mean everything about it just shows how different black culture and white culture is in america i loved it so i loved much. it too i loved i just both thought of it was great i could not take my eyes I off know. the screen really I and it was if you have not seen any of aretha franklin or john mccain's funerals please do yourself a favor you have to and dive deep you into just this have to. you have to and you have to sit back and not be judgy just sit back and appreciate and, and appreciate how different and diverse our, our country is. This yeah. is the same country, and it can have funerals that look that different. Right. Now, the weird common denominator in both funerals? Bill Clinton. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where at Aretha Franklin's funeral, Bill Clinton was kind of like lounging. He seemed sleepy. He surely did. Mm-hmm. He really did. Mm-hmm. And then at, at um, um, John McCain's funeral, he was all snappy there next to Hillary. I mean, he she put was him all, in order. He was the, he was front and center in both. <laughs> he sure was. There's more Bill Clinton on screen time over the past week than there has been in the I past mean, twenty years. Be, it's good to be the first African American president. <laughs> no, it's good. So anyway, so watching uh, Aretha Franklin's funeral, there there's become some backlash about uh, the, one of the reverends. Well, there's been a couple of backlashes. Uh, Reverend Jasper Williams Jr. was criticized for his political address that described children being in a home without a father as, quote, now he said this at the funeral, quote, abortion after birth. And he said black lives do not matter unless black lives stop killing each other. He spoke for 50 minutes, and in no time did he properly eulogize her, said Von Franklin, the late singer, Aretha Franklin's nephew. Um, I mean, it was shocking, uh, the, the directness of of this eulogy. And, and here's I the weird thing. I didn't see that part. I, I saw it. I mean, that how long was that service? That Aretha oh, Franklin service? It went service? on for how many hours? I don't. I. I mean, I stepped away. I kept came like back, checking in, came. and it was still going on. So uh, you know, I missed that part. Right. So this man, Reverend Jasper Williams, he was invited by the family, by the um, Aretha Franklin's family, because he eulogized Aretha Franklin's father. Mm, wow! All that time ago, plus years ago. Wow. So in those thirty years, the Reverend's message has been. You know, it's a traditional. He gave a traditional message. I would say. But of course, you know, it was from the from the perspective of the black church with black culture, and he brought it. But he's taken a lot of heat for for his message. But and for making said, it too political at the funeral. Well, that's interesting because uh, John McCain's daughter is also receiving criticism that her eulogy for her father was too political. Really? Now so, I saw that it was a little different for me because I did see all of John McCain's funeral because it was on Saturday. Yeah, Aretha's was on was a work a was, a, was on a work day. It was Mind a Friday, right? and so I, you know, I. I was just kind of, you know, I had a lot of stuff to do for the show, and so we were kind of, I was checking in and out. So I don't feel like I absorbed that one as much yep. as I did John McCain's funeral. And I have to be honest, I don't think that that is an appropriate criticism for Meghan McCain's eulogy. I really don't. I didn't think it was too political. No, I don't think it was. I mean, either. the only thing she said that was political, and, you know, it's no secret that she's not uh, a fan of the president, and the president's not, <laughs> for sure, not a fan of hers. Uh, but she said, uh, we don't need to make America great again because America has always been great. Uh, That's it. Okay. Okay. She, she didn't. There was I'll nothing else political about it. Um, I thought that I thought she gave a spectacular eulogy for her father. The, I thought it was. I thought it was gorgeous. Well, the funeral. The whole thing was gorgeous. Was gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, just the setting itself. 
at the uh, National Cathedral, and then the choir and the orchestra. And, and how about how smokes. Barack Obama and George Bush just killed it? They were awesome. They sure were. They were both just great. I mean, it, it, seriously, your politics notwithstanding, when you see Barack Obama and Michelle and George Bush and uh, Barbara Bush mm-hmm. and Bill Clinton. Barbara and wasn't Hillary there. Clinton. I mean, uh, Laura. Laura, sorry. Uh, you see, you know, the the former presidents and the first ladies all together. You think it's a great country. And then President Trump isn't there. You right. will think, you know, no wonder it's political. You know, your statement is obvious by your admission of not being there. Right. Well, but the uh, the news is that the McCain family asked him not to come. Right. So I get that. And here's the thing. I mean, again, people are making a big deal out of that. What, look, I just feel as if we have to look at Meghan McCain and we have to look at her father who has just passed away and recognize that what the president said about John McCain during the election is just not okay. And so if Meghan McCain resents the president, like if somebody said that about my dad, I would resent that person. Like allow her to just be a daughter and be mad and be defensive of her dad, who, by the way, was a POW for five and a half years, five and a half years when he could have come home any time and decided to stay. So, you know, people picking on her. I feel like that's just really misplaced. It is misplaced. That's just the state of American politics today. When, really you know, when there's an American hero, and say what you will about John McCain as a senator, right? Uh, but boy, as a guy, as a young man, oh boy, who among us would do that, right? I would never. I just don't believe I would ever have the character to do that. I mean, you know, you want to go home? <laughs> in yes, a hot minute, exactly. You. you know, yeah, John McCain stuck in there and he was a leader. I mean, I was thinking about, I was telling my wife about, about Bruce Bickle last week. Mm-hmm. You know, Bruce Bickle, you know, here he is. You know, if you don't know Bruce, uh, he's been a local uh, pastor here for many, many years. Just a, one of the, the rocks of Western Pennsylvania. And, and uh, one of the leaders of the PNC Financial Group. Yes, <laughs> that too. But, you know, um, tell, tell the story. He, you know, there he intersects at the age of 21. Oh, yeah. He, he meets he, a young John McCain. Right, he met John McCain for the first time uh, when he was in Florida uh, when he as a flight instructor. and he They all assembled right, together. Bruce joined us on the show last week at, at when John McCain passed away to talk about it and then met him years later because Bruce was um, in charge of the group that debriefed the men who were coming back from the Hanoi Hilton. But as, as Bruce met John McCain the first time, Bruce was 21, John McCain's 27. Mm-hmm. John McCain steps into this crowd of young soldiers because there's some young sailors some some some, uh, some learning that's going to be taking place and john mccain says steps in and says who's in charge here and bruce pickle says i am sir and john mccain said then act like it and they just move forward i mean let's go let's get it together and i imagine that's how the guy was all of his mm-hmm. life he did not suffer fools gladly he expected action and accountability and then he falls into the morass, which is Washington, D.C. You're kidding me? Right. I mean, and then ends up on the other side of Donald Trump in an election. But he was also on the other side of Barack Obama in an election yep. and the other side of George W. Bush. And if you followed those elections or know anything about history, those were ugly they were. races. Especially, I would, I mean, he and George Bush trying to, you know, duke it out for the, uh, for the party nomination was <laughs> really rough. But, the great thing about the service was them, both of those men, uh, Mr. Obama, and Mr. Bush, showing that, yeah, we we were able to get past that. Yep. 
and we were able to recognize each other as human beings and not just as political rivals. Which was on display again at John McCain's funeral. So, yeah, I mean, what a great week for America. I mean, truly, to lose two of your icons, Aretha Franklin and John McCain, and to think of the, you know, the configuration of the stars above that both funerals back to back, one on Friday, one on Saturday, and there you see all of America. I mean, that really was it in a nutshell. Just fabulous. Truly, it was. Okay, we'll take a quick break, come back. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about Colin Kaepernick. He's the face of the Just Do It 30th anniversary campaign. We'll talk to Drew Dick next. Is this some kind of weird place in America? Yeah, the answer is yes. I'll save you that time. Stick around. <laughs> Todd Chapman here with Food for the Poor. I just returned from Haiti, where I met too many families who are clinging to life because of lack of food. You probably know that Haiti is the poorest country on this side of the world. The average person struggling to earn just $2 a day. But life in Haiti is harder than ever due to skyrocketing inflation, rising food prices, and a prolonged drought. I met many families who survived by raising crops on small plots of land. But those fields are now dust bowls. Even the lucky few who find work are only able to make enough money to buy a cup of rice each day. Never enough to feed their kids. They're desperate. And so I'm calling on you, God's people, to help. Through Food for the Poor, you can feed a starving family of four for a whole year for just $320 and give them access to clean, safe drinking water for life. $320 can bring hope back to these families in the name of Christ. Just $27 a month. Will you help? 855-828-4673. You can also give online at wordfm.com or you can call from your cell phone. Simply dial pound 250 and say, I want to give. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive rate shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then, if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. You don't know when your AC unit will call it quits, but you can rest assured it'll be at the most inconvenient time possible. And who has all day to wait around for a tech to arrive? With Ventec, there is no waiting around, including evenings and weekends. Ventec will repair and replace forced air, central AC, and even offers split mini-duct units to heat and cool individual rooms. With flat rate pricing instead of hourly fees. Clean, courteous, convenient, and A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Ventec, 412-793-0661. Hey, welcome back. The NFL gets underway this Thursday evening. And not without controversy, once again. I Just mean, like you predicted. Remember, you're on positive? Yeah. So the... Uh, the Swallows have returned to Capistrano. And, and the Nike shares have fallen. Holy smokes. I mean, up and down. We're going to take a knee for the National Anthem 
people are outraged and flipping out and Colin Kaepernick, the backup quarterback who's now become he's almost become, you know, sort of a, a cultural icon in many ways like Rosa Parks where Okay, you know, let's not get carried. Well I'm away. telling he's you not that's Rosa Parks. You know that that's in many ways how people will equate this. Okay, well then in we the need a, we need a little bit of like historic metering then if we think that Colin's up there with Rosa. Well you know what I'm saying. I think right. in some ways it, it has some skin in the game. Drew Dick is with us. Drew's latest book is called Yawning at Tigers. You can't tame God, so stop trying. Drew, welcome back to the show. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back. Pleasure. For Always such, good. Uh, non-controversial topic. Yeah, it seems like I, I feel like every I feel like everyone in our listening audience is only going to have one perspective on this. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. So this will be a safe conversation. Okay, so Colin Kaepernick now is going to be the face of Nike's new campaign, the 30th anniversary of the of Just Do It. Um, Nike shares have fallen after the reveal of the new ad campaign. People are burning tennis uh, shoes on social media. Exactly. The stocks are down 3.2%. You know, the shoes might be down even more. Um, I mean, how do you see this, Drew? Wow. Well, yeah. Uh, first of all, it's a hot topic, literally. Because, like you mentioned, John, people are burning their Nike. Yeah, what the which heck? Is like, uh, yeah, that's like peak craziness for me. Because even if I was really passionate about this, I'm not going to burn my Nikes. I'm way not. too cheap. Yeah, right? I get no, it. No, yeah, um, <laughs> I spent two hundred dollars on my Air Max. I'm going to stick with them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, here, here's my perspective. It's probably going to make everyone mad. I, I don't have really strong feelings about it. On one hand, I respect uh, Kaepernick and his right to protest what he did. Um, and I feel like it was kind of a quiet, nonviolent way to make this point. Uh, and like he has pointed out, uh, he wasn't protesting the anthem per se. He was really doing the whole issue for him was about police brutality and racism. So that's fine. Now, on the other hand, and this is going to make people on the other side of the aisle angry, maybe I believe that the NFL teams probably had a right to, you know, take a pass on him. Um, and I think they really did because it, they saw, okay, we got this backup quarterback we could hire, but he's a bit of a distraction. He loses us some revenue. And so I feel like that's their right, on the other hand, to go, you know what, we're going to pass on this guy. And so I do believe probably, probably because of his actions, he's out of a job in the NFL. Uh, but in some ways, he's far more prominent, like you talked about, being compared even to Rosa Parks. I saw a drawing of him on the bus beside Rosa Parks this oh, morning. Spare I told you. I, I had the spare same, me. Right, I had the, exactly. I had the same uh, reaction that that was a bit much, uh, but he's this internationally famous activist icon now. So, um, yeah. Anyway, so that's, that's kind of my take on, on the yeah. first part of it. Um, and now, of course, the Nike ad is adding a whole nother dimension to the debate. It All sure right. is, yeah. I don't know. I feel like... I don't know, maybe this issue more than any other is showing how incapable we all are as Americans now to just kind of see that there are different sides to a story. I think that coming down on this story on, 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 you know, one side or the other, I don't think really sums up what it is. I mean, I look at him and I think, if I'm not willing to support the right of someone that believes something totally different than me and their right to say it, their right to state it, their right to, 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 to express it out loud, then I'm not mature enough, as our friend Jerry says, to be in a democracy. That's, what, that's how you show that you're ready for a democracy, my friend Jerry says. 
he says, because you fight for the right of the person who you disagree with most to, to say what they want to say. That's how you know that you're mature enough for democracy. So I think that that's one thing. So I want to be the person that appreciates what he has to say. I also want to be the person that recognizes that there's something to what he's saying. It's not like he's just making stuff up. I mean, I think right. we've also like the fact that people are upset about the national anthem, I think, is causing us to forget what he was originally upset about. Yes, that's a great point. I think that's really, that's a nuance that a lot of people are missing, right? Because when it comes to someone who is protesting something we're passionate about, like for me, when I see, I'm, I'm passionately pro-life. When I see someone out in front of a Planned Parenthood clinic protesting, um, I go, more power to you. Amen. Yeah. And if people try to crack down on them, I'm going to stand up for them. But I have to have that same um, ability to protect the right, like you said, of people when I disagree with what they're saying, or even if I'm not quite as passionate about what they're, they are passionate about, they need that right protected to speak up and protest as right. well. Now, I get all that. And, and I think all of us are fairly, fairly similar in our viewpoints. We're neither too extreme left or too extreme right in, in how this is. However, when you see Colin Kaepernick, you know, as a player wearing socks, that, that was so ridiculous. Know, You're has, right. That was way that has, over the top. That have pigs dressed up yeah, as police officers. That was horrible. That then you make a statement. Right. And so then you, you know, you drag, you know, all that into it. Right. However. He lost a lot of credibility when he did that. He did. Uh, but this being said, as best, I mean, Colin Kaepernick was still a backup quarterback in the NFL. Um, as far as his ability to make a living, was there collusion? Probably not. Although I don't think, I don't think, you know, I can't speak the truth of this. Did all the NFL owners sit in a room together and go, I'm not no, touching that guy how, with a pole? Listen, how often do they tell us, does the NFL tell us it's a business? This it is, is a, a business. This is a business, people. This is a, I mean, here we are, Drew, in Pittsburgh, where Le'Veon Bell, who's, who's our, our lead running back, did not show up for any of training camp and has not yet shown up only because he's in the middle of a salary dispute with the Steelers and he's mad that they didn't give him, like, I don't know, bajillion dollars. a six, six bajillion dollar contract. Okay. But. Well, yeah. How's he going to feed his kids? How's he going to feed his kids? Exactly. It's, it's a tragedy <laughs> just waiting to happen, right? I'm so over, I am so over him. But listen, when you complain about that, people say, look, don't complain. It's business. Okay. Well, the business is in this Colin Kaepernick situation is teams don't want to deal with all the flack. Right. As a distraction, which is right. what they would say, of course. So who's going to invite that into your training camp? And all of a sudden you got a circus on the sidelines when all you want to try to do is win a game to get into playoffs to try to get a shot at the Super Bowl. That's the business of the business. But, you know, this yep. being America, you got to appreciate anybody who's got a bone to pick or a voice, you know, or a cause. They have the right, like what you're saying, Kath. Everybody stand up and say what you want to say because it's a free country. So who the heck are we to say, shout them down? If you don't want to go to the NFL games, that's great. If you want to burn your Nike apparel, that's fine as well. I mean, that's us here as Americans. That's our choice. That's our right. I don't know. No, no, don't burn your Nikes. Send them to me. I'll take them. <laughs> what size would that be, Drew? What size would that be? <laughs> well, 12, okay. if you have to know. Yeah, free to a good home, right? Okay, fine. Um, yeah, no, I <laughs> I agree. And, and this is where I get a little cynical, okay? The Nike ad, it, I, I know you've seen it. It reads, uh, believe in something even if it costs you everything. Now, I admire that he stood up for his beliefs, but let's not get crazy. I don't think this is costing him everything. I mean... The NFL, some people joke, it stands for not for long because careers don't last long. He was a backup quarterback, and like I said, he is now um, rallying millions of people behind him. And I'm not saying that that's what he was trying to do, is become famous. 
Uh, but financially speaking, career-wise, I think he's going to be okay. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> um, yeah, that's- and That's it, just my guess. Yeah, but Andrew, doesn't it make you mad? I mean, or does it? It either makes me mad or pushes me into despair when I think, you know, what we have people in American history like Medgar Evers, who truly, truly gave up everything. Okay, that's a person who gave up everything, who was shot in his own driveway um, for mm-hmm. for just for just driving around Mississippi and encouraging blacks to register to vote and to vote. and he was shot in his own driveway okay that's someone who gave up everything someone who's a multi-millionaire and i appreciate the fact that he's still allowed to protest but that this isn't giving up everything no it's but he's given right. up his career certainly he's given up his nfl career well his and, nfl career was not in great shape when he started but this. he still gave it up right he passed on that because he but chose still, to stand for okay, something which again, is important okay i appreciate the fact that he stood for something it's still just like putting it in like in the career and like I would historic metering, I think is the best way to put it. Like you have to just recognize what the people were we know in just American history. And when we're talking about giving up everything, we're talking about they gave up everything. Everything. We need to take a quick break. So what are your thoughts? Uh, we'd love to hear from you if you want to chime in on Colin Kaepernick and, and Nike and the NFL. 800-320-8255. 800-320-8255. As believers in Christ, do we have a different perspective on this, uh, again, this NFL season and Colin Kaepernick and Nike? How do you stand on all this? And does it really matter? 800-320-8255. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Stick around with us. Uh, Drew Dick's going to stick around for a while as well. Thanks, Drew. How much do you spend on your pest control each year? 200 300 or even $500 or more? What if I said you could spend less than $25 a year, even less with promo code RADIO20? Then listen up. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free, and yes, it is possible to rid your home or business of unwanted pests for less than $25 per year. The answer is Plug-In Pest Free. Our best seller, the Plug-In Pest Free Pro, will cover up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair dinkum. For just a one-time cost of only $249, even less with promo code RADIO20, you'll be pest-free for years to come. Log on to gopestfree.com today. Use promo code RADIO20 and start driving those pests away. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. Gopestfree.com. That's gopestfree.com. Promo code RADIO20. I know many of you know my friend Todd Marley, or maybe you've worked with him at Marley Financial. And if you have, you know that Marley was the first and still the best option for individual health insurance because they provide both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But did you know that now Marley's also offering the best group health plans in the nation? Typical savings up to 40%. Small, medium, even large groups, Marley's got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national health networks where you can go to any hospital you choose. So if you want to go to Highmark or UPMC, Mayo Clinic, Johns Hopkins, wherever you want to go, Marley's giving you the power to choose what's best for you and also what's best for your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors, because you can forget about the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions. So give Marley Financial a call now, 724-884-1496, and find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania, 724-884-1496 or online at marleyfg.com.
Are you tired of barely making money in your IRA? Did you miss out on the internet boom? What if I told you that you could invest in cryptocurrency just before the institutions get involved? The fact is, institutional money is waiting on the sidelines with trillions of dollars and the Chicago Board of Option is close to approving Bitcoin ETFs on its exchange. This is why the smart money like Goldman Sachs is taking down major positions. The key here is to position yourself before the institutional money takes over. The bottom line is this. Breaking news on Bitcoin is about to break. By the time you read about it in the Wall Street Journal, it's too late. If you're able to position yourself at these levels today before the news, your percentage gains could be absolutely staggering. Get the facts now. Call 1-800-902-4700. Put your IRA or 401k to work for you today. Call 800-902-4700. 800-902-4700 for free information. Crypto-based IRA is a service of Santa Enterprises with custodial services of Kingdom Trust, not FDIC insured. Investment may lose value. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your social security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. For some of you in the laurels, tonight starts out with a shower or thunderstorm, but otherwise it'll be warm and muggy with patchy clouds. Low 71, watch for patchy fog late tonight and early tomorrow. Otherwise, tomorrow's going to be another hot, humid day with some sunshine and a high of 93. Heat index will peak in the upper nights. Patchy clouds low again 71 tomorrow night. Then Thursday won't be as hot with a mix of clouds and sun and an afternoon thunderstorm. High 84. I'm Acu by the meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. We're talking about Colin Kaepernick, who was named the face of Nike's 30th anniversary of their Just Do It campaign. Of course, the NFL gets underway this week with their brand new season. Uh, President Trump uh, and his battle with the NFL is, of course, well documented. Do you kneel? Do you don't? Do you burn your tennis shoes? Do you don't? Does it all matter? What about us as believers and our take on this? 800-320-8255-800-320-8255. Drew Dick is with us. Drew's latest book is called Yawning at Tigers. You can't tame, tame God, so stop trying. So, Drew, what do you say? You, know, you want to stick around with us and uh, take some calls? I'd love to. Excellent. Sounds like fun. Okay, Great. here we go. A- any difficult calls, we're just going to dump them right in your lap, friend, okay? <laughs> Perfect. Excellent. Excellent. I love how this works. You got a problem, you just email Drew on that one. Yeah. Poor Drew's like, never again am I doing this in Pittsburgh. Well, let's go to the phones and uh, talk to Remy. Hey, Remy, you're live with us. Uh, what are your thoughts on Colin Kaepernick? Hey, guys. Uh, good to speak with you. Um, so I was listening in, and I did hear a, a little bit of uh, the comment that Kathy had mentioned about it wasn't necessary. I don't think that he didn't lose it all. I really do agree with that. Um, I also, as, see, I think that there's a, there's a, a tendency amongst, I think, 
pretty much everyone to polarize uh, polarize things, and you are either on this side or that. Yeah. And um, and I think that there was a really good way that that was connected is how she had mentioned that um, you know, like you have to fight in democracy, for example, you have to fight for those that are um, you know, that disagree with you. But I would take it even past democracy because you know you had mentioned beliefs, uh, the beliefs are as believe as believers in this, um, and so further than that, it's. Uh, what about the spirit of it all? You know, we are all, we are, you know, whether, you know, whether you accept, accept Christ as your savior or not, like we are, we still came from that same spirit. So we are still connected to that and mm-hmm. reminding people that we should return to that, which is what repentance is. Repentance, you know, in Hebrew, teshuva, which means to repent. And Greek is metanoia, to come back, right? It means to return to your original source, which is the divine. Yeah. Um, we, we lose, we lose sight of that when we divide issues like this. And it, I mean, this is so, it's like, Kaepernick, you know, like, it, it, it seems a little bit sketchy that all this, all of this is happening, um, but I definitely think that, um, it, I mean, the conversation is so huge. Where do you start? I mean, I guess, so my addition to that is that I think that you were on the trail of something, and it, it brought those thoughts to mind for me, I mean, if there's anything you have yeah, to ask. Yeah, yeah. So, Remy, uh, do, do yourself, uh, are you planning on burning any of your Nike apparel? As, no, definitely not. I don't actually own any Nike apparel, to be honest. With you. Uh, okay, good. Well, then you're not risking very much, Remy. I'll tell you that right now. Drew Dick has like you know three pairs of shoes that he's holding on to like they're gold. Yeah, thanks for the phone call, Remy. 800-320-8255. Uh, can you take anything from that? No, I mean, I, I appreciate his point of view. I mean, I think that he's right. It's not, I mean, we can look at it as, as American citizens of a democracy. But, you know, I asked Drew this. You know, Drew, there is something deeper that we have to recognize that even though we fall on different sides, I don't mean you and I, I mean, we as the Christian community fall on different sides of this. If we believe in Jesus, we're brothers and sisters first in that. And the politic thing, that comes That's second. That's yeah. Yeah, no, I, and I, I appreciated his comment, uh, because, yeah, we're in, we're, I don't think anyone would argue uh, with the assertion that we're in a very polarized moment, right, where it's politics especially that are kind of driving people apart. And, of course, you've got Christians on both sides of the aisle. And for me, that's what really causes me to really grieve. I don't know, I think that's too strong a word, is when you see brothers and sisters in Christ at each other's throats over some flashpoint in the culture war, when, yeah, we, we believe in, in Jesus, in his, you know, all the historic creeds, the Christian faith, we're brothers and sisters in Christ, and here we're just fighting uh, each other over burning Nikes or not. I mean, <laughs> at some point, I mean, not to say these issues aren't important, but at some point, we've got to get some perspective and step back and be a little more respectful and loving. Yeah, Jesus did not necessarily die for your tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the phones. Hey, Matt, uh, you're live with uh, Drew and Kath and myself. What are your thoughts on Colin Kaepernick and Nike in the NFL? Well, I have to be brutally honest and candid. Uh, I have not, um, with I haven't sat down and watched a football game probably since 2004. Wow, because um, I. And I used to bleed black and gold. I was the guy who could tell you where they went to college, almost where they went to high school. And I just, I just gave it up because I, there's just so many more much important things going on in our country right now. And even back then, we were going through an election, and there was 10 minutes of Steelers coverage. And we didn't know anything about our candidates. Right. Um, but on top of that, you know, the, I have a good friend of mine who says that, when you choose the behavior, you choose the consequence. So if you are going to, yes, does Colin Kaepernick have every right to do what he's doing? Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. 
Does that mean that any of us have to like it? No. But on the other hand, there are so many more important things, and I think we as Christians, this is really a... I don't know why we're getting so bogged down in the mud about it, to be honest. Yeah. No, I think it's a good point. And I, I also think, you know... It was almost it, over. Yeah, of, of course. It was almost over so many times. It just keeps resurrecting itself. Um, but I, I also think that he, the caller makes a good point that when we protest, one of the things that we've learned from history is that we'll suffer for it. And um, that's just the way that it is. And so um, pro- you pay the price for your yeah, beliefs. You, you, pray the, you pay the price for your beliefs. Um, there are there are people all around the world who pay the price for their beliefs all the time. So just because Colin Kaepernick is, you know, not able to play in the NFL anymore, it's not like he's the first person who's suffered for his point of view. I don't think he's suffering too much. Uh, so, Drew, uh, are you yourself an NFL fan? Not really. No, maybe it's uh, because I'm Canadian originally. <laughs> I've been I've been in the states for like a long time though, so I should be by now. Of course, I watched the Super Bowl, but yeah. more for the ads than anything. But this so, can- yeah. yeah, this Canadian <laughs> football though, but it's not quite American football, right? Remember? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get a lot of flack for uh, talking about the CFL. I'm yeah, sure you do. Yeah. That's why you should. Eight hundred three two zero eight two five five. What do you think about Colin Kaepernick, the NFL, Nike, and all that whole mess? Let's go back to the phones and speak with Carrie. Hey, Carrie, uh, you're live in the air. Uh, what, what are you thinking? Hi, guys. Hey. Um, I, I was thinking about this all day today, like we all are. And just the thinking, of course, as a Christian, you just go back to Jesus, giving up everything. And it just, when you're coming from that point of view, it just makes everything else just look kind of insignificant. Yeah. And when the ad says that he gave, you know, Colin has given up everything or whatever it says, I just have been concerned or just kind of sad all day thinking about how many people in our society really do think that he's given up everything. Right. That to to them, his million-dollar contract and his fame and his his football-playing, you know, legend um, is everything. And I don't know, it just kind of makes me really sad for our country and where we're heading and i guess we know where we're heading but that's what i'm just stuck on it just makes me really sad yeah i agree and i think that that just just shows that we have the we have the tyranny of the immediate um and we're we're held hostage to the things that are going on right now and we just don't have enough time yeah eternal perspective or even how about usa perspective on what protest has looked like in america what we've learned from it or not learned from it and how we can do it better or respect it more or recognize that i mean protest has a long lineage in america that we should be proud of i mean whether you like colin kaepernick or like what he's put whatever it is I think we all need to recognize that in the USA, we have always supported the right to speech. And that has always included protest. And a lot of really beautiful things have come to us as a result of hearing things from people that we didn't want to hear. Right. Um, yeah. Drew, what do you think? Yeah, that's good. I like that. It, it does, I think, subtly, the ad, I should say, subtly show that our priorities are a little out of whack. Because if you think about it, in this ad, his career is being construed as everything, right? Mm, right. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's a little off, definitely. And, um, Kathy, I like what you said, too, about rediscovering that history of protest as well. And I would add, not only has it been important, of course, in America, especially in the civil rights movement, but even historically for Christians, for sure. uh, you know, we have a long history of, at strategic points, engaging in civil disobedience or protesting, uh, especially when it comes to standing up for for your faith, mm-hmm. uh, and there are 
literally thousands of Christians throughout history and still today that are giving up literally everything for what they believe. I'm into that. 800-320-8255. Let's go back to the phones. And, uh, hey, Mike, uh, you're on the platform. Uh, give us your thoughts, okay? Hey, how's everybody doing? Good, good. Yourself? It is very good to hear in Christ's name being spoken in any conversation. Oh, man. But it, it, it's just how it's funny. I think the big Nike and all of them are playing us like a, a chessboard. When Kaepernick, nobody wanted him, nothing was said. Now, all of a sudden, they're bringing him back up, putting his name out, and he's on the cover. And they're just bringing him back. And they're mm-hmm. causing controversy, which people like controversy, and that's what makes money in America today, when before, the good stories, people helping each other used to. And it's just a sign of the Bible how God said in the last times, that which is right will be wrong, and that which is wrong will be worshipped. And um, we Christians need to pray for what we see is wrong, and not jump on the bandwagon and throw spears and holler and scream. That's just really pray good. for what we know to see. And Kathy, you just keep your eyes up because you'll see a lot. But you know you got girls that you're raising. God's always in control, and the devil wants you to think that what you see is the final word. So that's good. You Thanks, guys. Mike. And you have a good one. Thanks, Mike. See, now, Mike's just so reasonable. That's very much so. See, now, if, we, if people were just reasonable, see, we could just talk about stuff, yeah. right? So, okay, so that's a great perspective that, you know, we're being played. We see a tempest in a teapot, and all of us today are pawns in some way of the economics of the, the marketplace, right? So, hey, I mean, you know, why, 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 why wouldn't Nike jump in on this? I mean, of course, they're going to pay Colin Kaepernick a pretty penny, but they're going to, I think, in, you know, in the long run, just by the fact that we're talking about them here in Pittsburgh, and how many people you know have said the word Nike today? It's on their lips. I mean, you travel the world. This is the first time I travel overseas. You know, I'm in a third world country. You see the Nike swoosh more than you see the cross, mm, mm-hmm. which I think is indicative of the marketplace that we live in today. Drew, right? Yeah, like the what's the saying? All publicity is good publicity. Yeah, <laughs> right. And so they have they have uh, dominated the conversation now. Of course, today, and I'm sure it'll continue for a while at least. And I think their market probably skews younger. Don't kid yourself. They did the research on this before they decided to uh, launch it and did a calculation and went, you know what? It's the young people with disposable income that love Nike that are going to buy it. And those are the ones that tend to be more sympathetic to, to uh, this issue. Uh, so I think they're fine. Yeah. And I, I appreciated Mike's call, man. I need that guy in my life. I need him to preach to me. That's great. Yep. Just Excellent. stay the course. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Focus on what's important and uh, don't get sucked in. I'm you to keep your eyes up. I like that. Yeah, Drew Dick is with us. He's the author of Yawning at Tigers. You can't tame God, so stop trying. We're talking about Colin Kaepernick, the NFL, taking a knee and all that. 800-320-8255. Call us. I've been a teacher for 25 years. My younger son was tutored a lot. He didn't like certain clothes and he had all of these other sensory situations going on. The teachers were suspecting dyslexia, suspecting ADD. He wasn't able to retain information and he was working harder than any of the other kids. But it was the eye doctor who told me about brain balance and that was the first time a physician had mentioned brain balance. After about two weeks of doing the program, I noticed that one day he just slapped on a pair of pants like it was no big deal. I really noticed 
noticed that was a huge change for him. He has also started doing his homework by himself. He is able to do things that he wasn't able to do. In the long term, this was a much better investment than putting our son on medication. I would say you have to try this. The results are magnificent. Give your child the foundation they need to succeed in school. Call Brain Balance today and find out how you can change the life of your child and your family. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. Life doesn't stop on the weekends, and neither do you. So we understand that it can be hard to find the time to shop for a mattress. This is Robin Trzinski of the Original Mattress Factory, and we have a completely new website designed to help you simplify the mattress shopping experience. Check out our products, view our prices, and even place an order for pickup, local delivery, or to have it shipped outside of our delivery area. Just visit OriginalMattress.com and find a thoughtfully made, honestly priced mattress of your own. The Original Mattress Factory. Great beds, no bull. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I've never felt more alive. Disclaimer, GEICO cannot guarantee you will feel more alive. You either possess functioning respiratory and circulatory systems, or you do not, or you are a zombie. If you are indeed a brain-starved zombie and you would like to save money on car insurance, the GEICO legal team applauds your excellent life choices, even in your shambling afterlife. But we strongly encourage you to visit GEICO.com or download the GEICO app. Please stay a minimum of 500 feet away from our large and presumably delicious, delicious brains. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. To be honest, mm-hmm. I'm grateful for your phone calls because I thought people were going to be cranky. But it hasn't been that way. There's been a lot of wisdom here, a lot of grace. Really very excited about it, to be very honest nice. with yeah. you. 800-320-8255. We even listed our friend Drew Dick to join us. Uh, I mean, he Drew, didn't even know he was getting into this, but we brave, just roped man. him in. We just give you a call and you say, hey, you want to be on the air? And you're like, what? Okay, come on. He's game. So yeah, I like that. Drew Dick, uh, his latest book is called Yawning at Tigers. You can't tame God, so stop trying. You know why we invited him is because he's Canadian. We thought, you know what, this, he has to be like Switzerland. and He has to be the neutral observer, right? <laughs> right. We're always the peacekeepers, yeah. right? I know how you are. Good we job. Ap- we apologize all the time. <laughs> Good job. Very nice. 800-320-8255. Uh, let's go back to the phones and speak with Mari. Hey, Mari, uh, you're live on the air with Drew and Kath and myself. Uh, what's your uh, what's your take on all this insanity? Hey, Mari, you there? Marie. Oh, oh Marie. Marie. Hey. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, Sorry there, Marie. That's all right. That's all right. Um, I feel that calling Kaepernick has made a beautiful stand because I'm pro him because um, the basic purpose in which he took a knee, which to me, in the Word of God, to humble yourself is, it's more humble to take a knee and to bow than it is actually to stand, number one. Number two, the reason for his protest was not for himself, but for people that could not have... uh, the right to protection from abuse of society, mm-hmm. and um, to me, that is standing up for uh, the less fortunate. Um, the uh, I would say the person that's being persecuted, mm-hmm. those kind of things. And 
I admire him, and I have been praying for him. And one thing, if our country loved one another, that's what we need, not the separation Mm -hmm. of, of ethnicity or of any kind of wealth or anything like that. We're called as Christians to love one mm-hmm. another. And the fact that Colin did step out to focus, if we would focus on the real reason why he did it and not the, the side yep. issues yep. that he's kneeling for, yeah. for at the flag, and, and, and it's not against any military. Uh, I think the whole attitude is that he's saying there are people here that are dying. There are people here that are treated less than human. That's what I feel that he's saying. All right. So, and, um, uh, yeah, Marie, that's a great point. And I, I want to say this. When when this whole thing first started, uh, I'm just going to confess this up front. I really disliked it because I didn't need to see multimillionaires who were protesting something that really rankled with me. Plus, it bothered me that they were at work. Only because when you're at work, you, it's not your free time to like talk about your yeah. political opinions, it's right? Work. Unless you're not bed writer, like you're supposed to work. Okay, so it bothered me at first. However, since then, I've I've been starting to think about the people in America who were, uh, you know, who were people in in the film industry or people, especially who were in the music industry, um, who had power, who came alongside those who were fighting in the civil rights movement, and. We look back at them and we think, well, like you think of Pete Seeger, or you think of Sidney Poitier, or you know, those are just two that popped right. into my head. Celebrity or Bob, moved the Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan, and you think, you know, looking back, I really appreciate that. I appreciate the fact that they had a they they were well known and they took their platform and they stood up for people who had no voice. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I was wrong about Colin Kaepernick in that first instance. Drew, how do you see that? Hmm. Yeah, and, and and Marie makes a great point. Um, there's something about the the humility in the style of protest that he chose, right? It's not right. loud. It's not confrontational, at least inherently. And like she pointed out, too, it's not for himself. Um, I think, you know, once, even if you have a righteous cause, if you resort to violence or you destroy property or you're screaming about your own rights as a person, then you can run the risk of invalidating your message. But I do, I agree. I, I think the the manner in which he's gone about it, um, I didn't know about the sock thing, <laughs> um, and, and if that's the case, that's not cool. But as far as taking a knee before, you know, a game, um, yeah, I see that as, as definitely within the bounds. Yeah. What, I, what I'm curious about is, and I wonder if Colin, oh, thanks, Marie, for the phone call. Um, I, I'm curious about... The thought process, and if Colin Kaepernick himself has talked about this, you know, before this became anything, and while Colin Kaepernick was thinking, you know, something is greatly amiss here, and I'm going to take a stand, what was that conversation he had with himself, Mm -hmm. and then his contemporaries around him, people who were breathing wisdom into his life, Mm -hmm. what was that like? You know, I'm sure he had no idea that it would become what it has become, which has become, you know, a national and almost an international issue. Right. But I wonder if he had that wherewithal, you know, in any way, what those tiny thoughts were and how they made his way through into actually taking a knee in the first place. And I wonder if he thought to himself, should I really do this for the national anthem? Like, yeah. Did he ever think, boy, but people are going to get really hacked off. Of course they were. That's gutsy. It, it takes a lot of guts to do that. You know, whether, whatever you feel about it, the guy took a stand. We need to take a break. 800-320-8255. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Stick around. 
I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I shopped the many highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $27 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-452-6990. That's 800-452-6990. 800-452-6990. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at slugquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. The wineries of Grand River Valley. Over 30 unique tastes. Surrounded by a beautiful countryside. And the nicest folks you'll ever meet. Ohio's wine country. Part of remarkable Lake County, Ohio. MyLakeOH.com. Hey, welcome back. Drew Dick is with us. Yawning at Tigers is his latest book. You can't tame God, so stop trying. We're talking about Colin Kaepernick, and uh, your phone calls are welcome as well. I think we can squeeze in another phone call. Okay. Uh, Mike, we get time for another phone call here? Let's see. Uh, hold on here. Okay. Mike's pointing in a way that okay. uh, does not that help me to clear? understand him. Are we okay? Um, can I do this? Okay. All right. Uh, unidentified caller, anonymous. Uh, uh, yes. Hi. Thanks for joining us. What are your thoughts, please? Hello. Yes, I was listening. Hello, yeah. my name is Roseanne. Hi, Roseanne. Yeah, you're on the and, air. Thank you. I was uh, listening to your conversation, and you're uh, talking about Colin Kaepernick and why he did it. You mentioned that uh, you know that he was a millionaire. I, I think we need to get off of the fact that he was a millionaire. We have to look at the fact that he was an African American who had seen atrocities to his people over and over and over again. And I, I think he, he needed to stand up. Somebody had to stand up. Colin took that, he took that stand mm-hmm. at, at a great risk. And he believed that he, this brought attention to, these, to this cause. You know, it's the flag. Yes, it is the flag, and we should honor the flag. And, uh, and we do. But the same flag that represents the Americans the land of the free, the home of the brave, the same land were killing innocent people. Somebody had to right. stand up. Okay. All right. Well, I, I'm... There's I very much appreciate that, right? that. There's no, there's no question about that. Yeah. I think the question for a lot of people is whether he picked the right medium and the right place to make the protest. Well, but that was his platform. That was his so platform. the platform he had was, you know, standing on the sidelines. But that wasn't at, the only platform. I mean, well, he, he's a he's a famous NFL player. He could have protested in all sorts of ways. Yeah, but he's on live national television. He's I mean, on live smokes. national television every week. He could he could do a press conference. He could do whatever he wanted. Um, I think he chose the right form. No, I, I don't really think do. he chose the really. Right form. I, no, I, no I, I actually don't think he chose the right form. Just by the fact that we're talking about it years after the fact and it continues to have legs I'd, right I yeah mean, i don't think there was a right form i think it pollu- I, well i think it polluted the message actually but it doesn't matter because that's what he chose to do and i i need to and here we are be a mature person as i said i need to support his right to do it yep. even if i don't necessarily like it okay drew with uh, just a minute or so left uh, what are your final thoughts what do you think yeah well i mean uh, the last caller made a great point uh, because by his own admission it wasn't it's not about him he is talking about bigger issues of racism and police brutality. Uh, he wasn't just being a spoiled millionaire. 
Um, and yeah, absolutely, we can debate um, uh, if it was the right venue, if he did it in the right way. Uh, we can even speculate, speculate about his motivations. You know, my hope for this, though, a couple things really quick, is I hope that Christians will reflect on some bigger issues, like how do we, um, our responsibility as citizens in a pluralistic democracy to defend the rights of others to protest, even if we don't agree. And then second, I hope it would spark a larger conversation about civil disobedience, because like we talked about, it's a part of American history, it's part of the Christian tradition, Mm -hmm. uh, that yes, we obey the government, but at certain points, there are times in history that we have to stand up and make hard stands, and in those cases, it may actually cost us everything. That's excellent. It's a great word, Drew. Yeah, Drew, thanks a lot. For Canadian, you really got your ducks in a row. <laughs> really. <laughs> really good. Yeah. And listen, if anybody has any uh, Nike equipment or shoes or whatnot. Yeah, they can just transfer right to him. Drew's going to have it. Mm-hmm. Hey, Drew oh, will fix an awful lot. I'm going to have a windfall. I'm going to have a windfall. Thank you. <laughs> Drew Dick, uh, his latest book is called Yawning at Tigers. You Can't Tame God, So Stop Trying. Hey, find us uh, on the web, johnandkathyshow.com, Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Twitter, Kathy underscore Word FM, John underscore Word FM. We're out there. You can find us. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. This is Albert. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.